can't wait to do that in person. Amen. I can't wait to be standing in the holy place, the holy of holies in heaven, standing before the throne of God, standing before him, crying out and join in unison with the four creatures around the throne with all the saints that have gone on before and cry out, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come, the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Amen? Amen. Joshua chapter number 24. We're going to read in verse number 1. Joshua 24 and verse number 1. God is good all the time. All the time God is good. Amen. If you have found your place, if you have found your place in Joshua 24, uh, verse 1, say amen. All right. All right. The Bible says, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, And called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. This is is a farewell address from the leader of Israel. The second uh, leader of Israel after Moses had died and Joshua took over. Joshua took them through uh, the promised land and there was conquest. There was victory. Uh, He gave them and helped them find the inheritance that God had promised to them. But now it's come time to turn his children loose. Turn his people loose to go enjoy what God had given them and what God had supplied for them. And this is kind of like a farewell address, if you will. And he says, as he gathered them all together, and Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. I mean, he went all the way back to the beginning of the nation of Israel with Abraham. He said they served other gods. They were uh, false god worshipers. They were idolatrous people. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave Esau Mount Seir to possess it, but Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward, I brought you out. And I brought your... Y'all see in a pattern? I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came under the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen under the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them. And he covered them, and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwelled in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you unto the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of Jordan. And they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand, that ye might possess their land. And I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel. And sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore, he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand, and he went over Jordan and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gergesites, Hivites, Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, cities which ye built not. Ye dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not do you eat. Now 
therefore. Therefore. Anytime you see therefore, you need to go back and read the verses before it to find why it's therefore. One verse comes to my mind in Isaiah chapter 1. Come now, let us reason together. God is a very reasonable God. He's reasonable. He will reason with you and me. He will come and sit down and and, and say, let's put it all on the table. Some of y'all this morning need to put it all on the table. Let's just, let's just look at the whole deal. Let's look at what God has done for us in our life. And let's look at what we have done for him. Let's, let's just reason together a little bit this morning. I feel a little preach coming on. Amen. He said, therefore, because of all that I have done, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, read it with me. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. Say it again. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or in the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, And all God's people said, oh, God, help me today. Oh, God, help me today. Help me to preach like I won't never get another chance. God, help me to preach like a dying man to a dying world. God, I pray in Jesus' name for your anointing and that ump from on high. I pray in Jesus' name that you'll fill us with the power of God today. Move in and up and down the aisles. Move in and up and through the pews today. Let us feel your presence today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Therefore, therefore, listen, because of what I've done, you need to make up your mind today. If it seem evil for you to serve the Lord, if, if it seem a, a, a more difficult thing, if it just seems something that's impossible to do, it just seems something that's unreasonable to do, you need to make up your mind today. Joshua is talking to the people. Joshua knows their background. Joshua knows their heritage. Joshua knows what they have a tendency to do. At one point when they came out of Egypt, they were at Mount Sinai, and they said, we will do whatever God says for us to do. We will follow the law. We will follow the commandment. We will follow everything that God said for us to do. And just a few weeks later, they were bowing down to a golden calf. Talk is cheap, people. He said, make up your mind today. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God has been too good to me to turn back now. God has been too good to me to give up on him and follow somebody else. I can't go back on what God has done. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Church, say amen. The message today is yours. The choice is yours. I begin to pray and ask God what to do. Today is senior 
recognition day, we're going to recognize the seniors that are graduating in the second service. And, and I said, Lord, I need something that's going to encourage them. I need something that's going to help them. Do you realize studies have been done that 75, the, the smallest number is 75, the largest number is 88. 75 to 88% of all the graduating seniors that grow up in church, they leave by their first year in college. They leave church never to come back. The smallest number is 75, the largest number is 88, so it's probably somewhere in between by people that are very good at what they do. What are you saying? The church is hemorrhaging. The church is hemorrhaging. And it's amazing to me. We want to hold on to tradition and we want to hold on to things that, listen, is irrelevant to some things. It is more of a preference and a pet peeve. And it doesn't matter that we're losing them like flies. It doesn't matter, listen, that the church in America is dying. It doesn't matter as long as we get what we want. We see them going out the doors as fast as they're coming in. What's going what's to change? What's going to make a difference in their life? What do they need to do today? They need to stand before Joshua and God. Amen. And say, I'm making a choice today. Yeah. He didn't say choose sometime this month. He didn't say choose sometime this week. He, he, sooner or later... You, you need to make up your mind what you're going to do. Sooner or later, you need to come around. He said, today, choose you this day whom you will serve. Now, let's talk about this just a minute. I want to give you three quick things this morning. And, 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 and how many of y'all will pray that God will tell me everything to say? How many of y'all will pray? Amen. I don't want to say anything I'm not supposed to, and I, I don't want to miss something I'm supposed to. Amen. I want you to see, number one, I want you to see the historical reminder. The historical reminder. I got, I, I've, been trying to, I've been trying to thin things a little bit and uh, trying to streamline uh, the word so I don't give you more than you can digest. And more. I, 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 I was in Bible college, and, and uh, in, in homiletics class, we had to preach in front of Dr. Brown, and every young preacher wanted to impress the big preacher, amen. We wanted to impress Preacher Brown, and, and so, man, I had it down. I had, I had a message that long. I even had the, the introduction alliterated. I mean, I went after it wide open. He sat, he sat on the edge of that, that chair, never grinned, never smiled, never say amen. He had his glasses on the end of his nose, and every now and then he'd look up at me, and he'd write something down. All the young guys, they were shouting and amen, and, but he never would. And I'd glance over at him while I was preaching that thought, and, and he'd just keep right. And then when I got through and sat down, he stood up and he said, Brother Carter. Yes, sir. He said, he said this. He said, have you ever seen a cow? I thought to my soul, my soul, a cow? That's all he can think about after I just preached the word, amen? I didn't preach on no cow. He said, you ever seen a cow? I said, yes, sir. He said, you ever seen them out in that field eating grass? I said, yes, sir. He said, look here. They can't eat but one bite at a time. Son, you gave them the whole bale. Amen. So I'm trying to bring it down. Amen. And in thinking this, I got to, I got to read in this chapter. Sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes, Brother Scott, you'll be studying, and God will give you this thought, and God will give you that thought, and God will give you this, and, and son, you'll get so excited about it, and you just keep on writing, and here we go. Well, I started reading this chapter and went all the way back to the second verse, and, and Joshua, he, he, is, he is reaching the people, telling them what God has told them to tell them, and before God ever asked for a decision, 
before God ever tells them to make up their mind who they're going to serve, before God ever requests anything from his people, he said, let me tell you first what I have done. Listen, in 10 verses, in 10 verses, he used the pronoun I 17 times. 17 times he said, I did this and I did that. I brought you out. I gave it to you. I delivered you. I, listen, I punished Egypt for what they did. I sent the hornet. I destroyed the kings. Are y'all with me? Now, let me, let me tell you something. I want to take you back just a little bit like he did. He went all the way back, number or A, he went to the beginning. He said, I want you to remember what I did for Abraham. Look where Abraham was when I found him. Abraham didn't come looking for me. I went looking for Abraham. And, I, I, man, I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking about what God had done for me. I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry, and he brought me up also out of a horse pit out of miry clay and set my foot on a rock and established my goings and put a new song in my mouth even praise unto our God I got to thinking about where God found me I couldn't get to where he was so he came to me he looked beyond my fault and he saw my need I went all the way back to the beginning and I began to praise God he found me just in time I was down in despair I was out in the old listen I was oh say amen I'm happy this morning. I was near to despair when he came to me there. I was wretched and vile as could be. Then my Savior in love looked down from above. That's when my Savior reached down for me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. Are you with me? Do you remember where you was at when Jesus found you? No, you wasn't. You wasn't on the pinnacle. No, you wasn't a good person. No, you wasn't having everything together. You were a hundred miles an hour on your way to hell, and Jesus came by your way. He touched your life and changed your life. Somebody needs to say amen. He said, remember where I found you. You were back there following idols. You were in idolatry. You were in a wicked place. You were somewhere on your way to hell. And I came by and called your name. Lazarus, do you remember the tree that you was in? Peter, do you remember where you was when God called you? Oh, heavens, we need to remember where we was when God called us. Oh, man. Oh, we we pitch a fit and we complain and we whine and gripe about what God is doing. And we think we get our feelings on our shoulder and we complain. Hey, he's worthy of anything he asks from us. He took him back to the beginning. He said, I brought Abraham out of an idolatrous country. Then he not only told him about the beginning, he told him about the battles. He said, oh... All you had to do was march and shout. March and shout. Don't raise a bow. Don't raise a sword. Just come around Jericho and say, I'm marching into the enemy's camp. And I'm going to take back what the devil sold. Yes, amen. They marched and they marched and they marched. And then on that seventh day, they marched seven times around Jericho. And on that seventh time, the Lord said they gave a shout. And when they gave a shout, the walls came tumbling down. God brought victory in the midst of their circumstances. 
This was supposed to be a city that was unconquerable. This was supposed to be a city that no man could conquer. But somebody showed up on the scene bigger than the city. The Lord, if the Lord be for us, who can be against us? Do you remember the battles that you faced? Do you remember the things that God has brought you through? Do you remember the times that you have faced the devil and you've messed up and you've failed, but God picked you back up and put you back on your feet? He didn't throw you out and give up on you. Listen, you were marred in the hand of the potter, yet he didn't throw you out the window. He just made you again a vessel that was worthy of honor. Say amen. He said, you remember them battles? you remember those victories? Do you remember those times that I came in on the scene? Thank God he shows up right on time. Thank God he's never a minute, never a second late. He knows what he's doing, even though we think we're in trouble, even though we think the ship is going down. Oh, my goodness, we are in trouble. He can stand up in the middle of your storm and say, peace, be still. I've been about to bust. I wish God wouldn't give me this so early in the week. I've been threatening cows that live on my road. I was going to sit there and preach and have a revival in the middle of that pasture. Amen. Remember when God gave you grass to eat. Amen. We forgot what God's done for us. We get so caught up looking in the stinking mirror. And putting our thumbs so far in our mouths because we don't like what he's doing. But we forgot we don't have anything to do with the salvation stuff. It's all about him. He don't owe us anything. Amen. The beginning... How many of you remember the verse that was played? Maybe the message that was preached. Maybe the, you can remember the song during the, during the invitation. You remember when Jesus came to your way. Yeah. Ashley, I remember when you came down the aisle. Where's Bruce at? Bruce, you remember when you came? <laughs> God says, do you remember? You weren't looking for me. I came looking for you. Mephibosheth didn't send the request to the palace. The king came and fetched Mephibosheth. Do you remember the beginning? Do you remember the battles? Do you remember the times he showed up right on time? Well, there's been times I thought it's over. It's over. It's been good while it lasted, and just when I thought, here he comes. And then he reminded them of the beginning, the battles, and then the blessings. He said, he said, I gave you houses you didn't build. I gave you vineyards you didn't plant. I gave you wells you didn't dig. Now, I just got to sit here and just clear me off a spot and say, God's been good to me. (laughs) Beyond my wildest dreams. 
Boy, God's been good to me. Do you have everything you want? No. But I got more than I asked for. <laughs> Did you get that? Do you have everything you want? No, not necessarily. But I got more than I asked for. If I'd have took a notebook and wrote it down before I started the ministry, I'd have never had the gall to ask God for what he's done for me. He didn't know us anything. I asked a guy at Walmart. He was about 172 years old. and He was sitting on the, he was sitting on the bench in, uh, outside, and I was just striking up a conversation. I walked behind him, and I said, I said, good morning, sir. How you doing? He said, son, at my age, any day above ground is a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Rock on, brother. Hey, man. How often do we get up and think about all we don't have? Count your blessings. <laughs> Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. Last week, or the week before, when he was talking about peace. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with. When's the last time you just cleared off a spot? <laughs> and just started thanking him for what he has done. We're so busy asking. We're so busy saying, God, I want this and I want that and I need this and I... When, when, when have we just stopped and said, oh, God, I don't need to ask for anything. I got more than I need now. I just want to thank you for what you've done. Therefore, he said, remember what I did. Remember the blessings. We got, we got a, a church consultant that we're working with. He's a great guy, great guy. Sometimes it's always good to have an outside eye to look at things because when you see stuff all the time, you get familiar with it. Amen? And sometimes it's good to have somebody come from the outside that have an eye and they can pick out things. You know, that sometimes maybe a door that hadn't been painted or, 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 or something that's out of place that needs, you know, that kind of stuff. And boy, he gave us a list. We had a had a four-hour meeting, four-hour meeting last Wednesday, and I got to think about, oh, man, we got so much to do. We got so much, so, so far to go. We got so many things that it seems like you never get caught up. You never, never get to that. And, and, and boy, sometimes that, that, that feeling gets so overwhelming. But then God said, just stop a minute. Just stop a minute. Look back. Look back. You remember those concrete slab and those brick walls or block walls that was up over there? I remember. Amen, Brother Mickle. I remember coming 
25 years old, wide open as a case knife, dumb as a brick. Boy, I was excited. Didn't know nothing, don't know much more now. I believe we'll see a 500-seat auditorium on the hill. Can't you see it? Gentleman said, no. <laughs> I've heard of people like that, but I've never seen them. Amen. <laughs> At least lie to me. Amen. I said, let's just, let's just get the money. Let's borrow the money and build it. We can do it. If we build it, we've got to have room. Let's just... Had families leave and say, he's going to lead us in bankruptcy and left and told the whole county. I've not done that yet. <laughs> and boy, what God has done. All I know is they sure have missed a fun ride. Fun ride. People getting saved. Church, we had a, Brother Dustin got the statistics for this year, and uh, in February, in February, we were averaging, this is average, this is not one-time attendance, this is averaging. We were averaging four, uh, 489 in February. In April, we averaged 598. In two months, God has increased us by 100 people. Give God praise and glory right there. Never in the history of Temple Baptist Church have we grown that much that fast. Never. Thank you, Lord. He says, look around. Look at the people that are excited. I was looking out in the parking lot earlier. All those people excited about parking cars. Son, you give a man a walkie-talkie, and son, that's gold. Amen. That's just gold. I looked at one Sunday. Lisa, he said, do I get one? I said, one what? He said, a walkie-talkie. I said, absolutely. Excited. Therefore. Choose this day. Is he worth it? Does he deserve it? See, before he ever asked for anything, he said, look what I've done. Look what I've done. There's a historical reminder. There is a heartfelt request. Here's a problem. Most of us don't have a little Buddha statue in our closet. Most of us, we don't. I, was, I, I like watching the history channels and that kind of stuff, and, and, uh, and they'll always go to foreign religions. And, and they, I was watching one that had uh, uh, a uh, priestess uh, goddess. It's supposed to be a goddess. I believe it's in India. And they were coming sacrificing 
uh, goats and, and calf and all that kind of stuff and bowing down and, and candles and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, that's obvious. I mean, we look at that and, you know, man, they got, they got problems. They need to know the Savior. Uh, you know, obviously, they're idolaters. They're idolaters. And we don't have that. We don't, we don't have candles. We don't have, we don't have little statues. We don't, we, don't, we don't do all that kind of stuff. But, see, that's not where our idolatry is. But we do have things that we put in front of God. We do have things that's more important than him. And one of the, one of the worst things in the American church today is tradition. Tradition. And, and the sad part is, Jesus had to deal with the same thing. Amen. Nobody was a changer like Jesus was. That's what got him killed. He told the Pharisees, he said, look, he said, he said, you're ruining people by your tradition. You're making the word of God of none effect by your tradition. Amen. Be careful, be careful that we make an idol out of a preference. Be careful that we, make, we don't make an idol out of a game. Sports have become idolatrous in America. You say, oh, I don't, I don't. Man, when it's, when it's 40 below in the frozen tundra, and you don't wear no clothes, and you paint yourself yellow, and put a big block of cheese on your head, you got a problem. We do, we laugh at that. <laughs> What's the difference between that and bowing down to a calf in India? Spend millions and millions and millions of dollars every year on sports that don't mean a thing. But, and and, and I, I mean, won't, won't even take second thought when it comes to our children. We'll teach little Johnny how to throw a pass, but we won't teach him how to find John 3.16. Oh, you just got, yeah, I got problems. 75 to 88% of all our young people were losing. I got real problems with that. And what breaks my heart is most parents don't until it's too late. Choose wisely. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. The request that came from Joshua's heart. Joshua knew what was going to take place. Joshua knew the tendency that people have. He said, I'm calling on you after you have seen everything that God has done. Choose him first. Choose him before your preference. Choose him before your desires. Where has the Christ-like spirit of surrender and submission to him gone? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. What mind? When you stand in the middle of your garden of Gethsemane and you are begging God and pleading God for what you desire and you want, yet it is not more important than his will. Lord, I know you can do all things. Nothing is impossible with you. If it be your will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thine be done. 
choose this day. What is more important to you? Is it him? Unless a man hate his father and his mother, sister and brother, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Amen. We know that's a hyperbole. We know that that means we don't hate anybody because God said we're supposed to love everybody, even our enemies. What are you saying? That we have to put God first in our life. We have to love him so much, so more than even our own family, even our own life, even our own preferences, our own desires. He's got to come totally 100 million percent first in our life to the point that everything else looks like hate. Wow. Choose you this day whom you will serve. What is God asking of you that's unworthy of your response? What is God asking of you today that's more than what you can give? I'd have to say nothing. Nothing. He's asking you to choose. He's asking you to commit. You're going, you know, you can't, you can't hold on to both. You can't. The problem we have with young people is they want to go to heaven, but they want to hold on to the world. And the problem we have with church people is we want to go to heaven. We want to come in here and enjoy church. We want to come in here and enjoy the preaching. We want to come in here and do our church thing and enjoy that part of our life. But we still have a hand over here in the world. And, and God says, no man can serve two masters. You will hate the one and love the other. You can't serve two masters. You can't have your hand in the world and your hand in the church. It don't work. You're going to find out you're going to get very disappointed. You're going to come to church and you can't enjoy it. Why? Because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. There is no shadow of turning in the Lord. He is completely light. I don't know why I'm not feeling that. I don't know why I'm so frustrated. I don't know why. I'll tell you why. There's something out of sort. You can't hold on to both. Choose you this day. You got to make a choice. You got to commit, Lord. You're, you're, you're it. You're it. What you, what do you want in my life? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Amen. How many people are missionaries have lived a miserable life because they would not surrender to the the field that God wanted them to surrender to? Let me tell you something. I was a miserable human being from the time I surrendered to preach to the time that I got to the place. Or I said, okay, God, whatever. Whatever. Preacher, what are you talking about? Did you enjoy preaching? Man, are you kidding? I'd preach at anything that wouldn't move. Amen. I love preaching. But I was constantly afraid that God was going to send me to Zimbabwe. I was. When I was a kid and I was a teenager, a missionary was preaching at my dad's camp meeting, uh, Brother Bob Green, and he was preaching, and all of a sudden, right in the middle of the message, I was about three-quarters of the way back, and he pointed that big old long finger dead at me and said, I want that boy to be a missionary. I thought, dear God, point somewhere else. And from that point, I'm thinking, oh, God, I don't want to do that. I fought it. I run from it. I tried to ignore it. I'd go to church, and even though we'd have good church service, in the back of my mind, there was something gnawing at me. And you know what? It wasn't that God wanted me to go to Zimbabwe. He just wanted my total surrender. Yeah, 
my total surrender. God, I don't care, whatever it is. Whatever. All the way through college, I tried to ignore it and hide it. I tried to make plans, what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go. I ran down to Florida. Maybe God can't find me there. <laughs> hell on earth. God is my witness. I went through hell on earth. Went back to South Carolina with the excuse, I'm got, I've got to go take my fourth year. That's why I don't feel peace. That's why I don't feel at home. That's why running. Old time thinking, God wants me to be a missionary. God wants me to be. I don't want to be no missionary. I want to do anything. I don't want to be. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. Never could. Fit. God bless. People got saved. Church group. Baptized five people the last service we was there. But the whole time, I wasn't completely surrendered. The whole time, I, I, I'd never come to God and said, God, whatsoever your will, it doesn't matter to me. Thy will be done. And I was miserable. And I finally got to the place, I don't care, I'm tired of running, I'm tired of feeling this way. I don't care if it's on the bottom side of the earth. I don't care where it is. It doesn't matter if Tammy kills me all the way there. We're going. I'm tired of feeling this way. I said, God, I don't care where it is. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We'll go to Costa Rica to language school. And, we, we, and, 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 and Alabama called. God said, now you're ready. Are you completely surrendered? Are you 100% completely surrendered to the will of God in your life? Even if it goes against your comfort zone. Amen. Choose you this day. You know what? If I would have said that when he pointed that finger at me, I could have enjoyed my life up into Alabama. I could have. If I'd have just been surrendered the whole time. Church, say amen. amen. Listen, there was a historical reminder. There was a heartfelt request. Choose today. What's it going to be, people? You're going to put God first in your life? No matter what he asked of you. No matter where he asked you to go. No matter what he asked you to do. Is God going to be first? Then there is a holy requirement. A holy requirement. It's funny, the people jump up, yeah, hey, we're in, man. We know God did this. God, hey, all the way to the beginning, man, God done the battles. Uh, God delivered us. And yeah, yeah, hey, hey, we are in like Flynn. I mean, we are with the deal. That sounds like great. Hey, we're going to... And Joshua just flat out, I mean, just straight up gets in their face and said, you can't do it. Let me read it. Let me read it. It surprised me too. Look in verse number, look in verse number 16. Are you there? Say amen. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up out of our, our fathers, out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwell in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. Man, that sounds pretty good, didn't it? I mean, that's, that's, I, that sounds like a response you want to hear. And Joshua said unto the people, You cannot serve the Lord. You can't do it. For he is a holy God. 
He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. Keep reading. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, and he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he had done you good. This holy requirement, I want you to see, A, I want you to see the character of the sovereign. The reason he told them, the reason that he told them that they would not be able to do what they were saying they were going to do is because he knew what they had in their closet. He knew what they were hiding behind the scenes. He knew that as they came through Egypt, they brought God's false gods with them out of Egypt. They brought, they were tainted with things from Egypt. Even as they went into these cities, the cities of the Amorites and the Canaanites and all of this, they brought gods from there too. And they said, yeah, it's okay. We're going to serve God. We're going to serve God. But they kept something behind their back. And he said, no, you ain't. You sure ain't. You, you can't do it. Not like that, you can't do it. You know what we've done? We've done with God. This is what we've done with God. We said, okay, God, here's the line. Now, this is as far as I'm going to go. This is what I got to offer. And you know what Joshua says? That ain't going to work. God, this over here is, is my part. This is my life and this is what I want to do and, and this is, this is, this is this. I'm going to run this side of my life but God I'll give you this day I'll give you Sunday and, and, and maybe even Wednesday but, but don't mess with me on Monday and Tuesday or Thursday or Friday and, and uh, Saturday is my day and, 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 and here I, uh, yeah you, you don't have a statue in your closet I know that but you still want control God, you just do this part, and I'll handle this part. That won't work. That won't work. Why? Won't you look at this? The Bible says he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. Jealous. Is Tammy in here? Okay, she ain't in here. I don't know if y'all know this or not, ladies, but my wife is a very jealous wife. She'll bust you right in your eye. All the ladies say it. She don't want nobody. Ma- I know I ain't much of a keep, but it's hers, and she got to keep me. Amen. And, hey, if she's in here, she admit it. She don't, uh-uh. She don't want me looking at nobody else neither. She, I'm hers. For keeps. Forsaking all others only unto her. Y'all with me? She jealous. She lets me know that periodically. Why? Because I'm hers. I belong to her. I ain't nobody else's. I'm hers. The Bible says God is a jealous God. Well, why is he so jealous? Because he paid a pretty good price for you. You ever notice, you ever notice that that fella that just bought that brand new vehicle? And, and <laughs> paid a real good price for him. 
They'll park 32 miles in the parking lot. So nobody gets around it. So nobody scratches it. So nobody. Why? He paid a lot for it. See, God, he's paid a lot for you. So he's a jealous God. He, he wants your undivided attention. He, see, he wants you to love him more than you do ministry. Amen. He wants me to love him more than I do preaching. See, last week I spent more time in, 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 the, in the material part and the study part than I did in the pray part. And he busted my rear end last week in that message. Because communion is what was more important to him. He's a jealous God. You can't have your hand in the world and your hand, it, it, it don't work. Then we not only see the character of the sovereign, but lastly, look at this, the consequences of their sin. He said, look, the reason there's such a holy requirement the Bible says if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he hath done you good. Church, always remember, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man, that shall he. What? What he sowed. Now watch this. Let me read these verses and we're going to pray. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, Moses is addressing the people and he says, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whether thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whether thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. Now watch this. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I have set before you life and blessing and therefore. Therefore, choose life. That thou and thy seed may live. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice. That thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days. That thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. God is saying, I've got life and blessings this direction. Everybody with me? Stay with me. Look at me. Look at me. I've got life and blessings right here. I've got Death and cursing right here. The choice is yours. Therefore, choose life. Choose life.
Choose his will. Choose his way. Choose his design. Choose his direction. Therefore, choose life. Church, say amen. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your word this morning.